there's been several kind of startup is the wrong term, but there's been sort of organizations that the Pentagon itself has built out. It's like, here's our, here's our landing zone in Silicon Valley. Here is our beachhead. Um, and one of them, which was stood up under Ash Carter, who was the, uh, the Secretary of Defense um, under Obama, he was Obama's last Secretary of Defense, called Defense Innovation Unit. It was originally Defense Innovation Unit Experimental for those playing along at home. Um, but it was, it's basically like, here's how we're going to go to Silicon Valley and we're going to buy commercial tech straight from the source, or at least straight from the people who are buying it straight from uh, where it's all being assembled abroad. But that was the idea, was that we needed to have this thing. We needed to make a concerted effort. There's others like it. There's the Joint AI Command or the Jake. There's the Army Futures Command. There's a lot of these things that have all sprung up in the last six or so years um, trying to say like, oh, oh, we're not really – we're just seeing each other. We're figuring this out. We're feeling out this relationship. We are not deeply in bed to the tune of billions of dollars every year. Um, and it's a wild choice. And that's one of the big things where like Eric Schmidt, who goes from Google to the Defense Innovation Board, is like, this is how we need to marshal industry because it's very important that we marshal all the U.S. tech sector for the coming – they never say coming, but they say the competition with China. They don't say an inevitable war, but they talk about we need to be prepared for our near peer. And then they just have stopped – dropping pretenses and they say we need to be prepared to confront China. We need to make sure that our tech only sells to us and to not to China. And it's this weird game because tech is already there, right? Tech is already doing this. Like Oracle, I don't know if I've last time I could recall a commercial product by Oracle. And they are about as big a contractor as Palantir in the defense space because it's all defense legacy systems um, that they have exclusive contracts to maintain. And if there's anything that gets proposed to change it to adapt more commercial stuff, they can they will they can contest it legally and like no we still believe we're the best fit for the software purchase that the Pentagon made thirty years ago and we're going to keep them in vendor lock is the big term they use for this so there's like some desire to figure out how to get new tech in but the tech is already there there's plenty of tech already there Silicon Valley writ large is already just deeply entangled. All right. This is a really, yeah, let's talk about Eric Schmidt. Let's talk about the Defense Innovation Board. So there was a, 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 a long investigative article from earlier this year in the American Prospect where, you know, titled Silicon Valley Takes the Battle Space. Of course, as we've been talking about, uh, they've, they're not taking the battle space now. They've been, they've been deeply embedded in the battle space. They've built a second home in the battle space, right? Like they lived there. That's where they <laughs> summer. Um, but <laughs> this article, I learned a lot from it because this article is really focusing on this shadowy defense startup called Rebellion Defense, uh, which, you know, we can get into all of the Star Wars illusions here. I know, I know you've got a podcast on the politics of Star Wars. Uh, so this is right <laughs> up your alley, Kelsey. <laughs> so they, they do this long investigative article essentially being like, who the hell is Rebellion Defense? 
the reason, the impetus for this investigation was that um, days after winning the uh, the election in November uh, of last year, Joe Biden announced, you know, the names of those staffing his transition, you know, and surprise, surprise, you know, big tech landed a bunch of prominent spots, right? There were people from Uber, there were people from Amazon, there were people from Google, but there were also two people from Rebellion Defense. And this, uh, you know, as, as the author of this article, uh, Jonathan Geyer uh, remarks, right, the announcement sent Washington insiders scrambling to look up the company. No major defense contractors appeared on the list uh, for the president's transition team. And, and you brought up Oracle. And uh, it's very telling that in the second paragraph of this article, there's a, you know, he has a quote uh, from, from Ken Gluek, who's the executive vice president of Oracle, who said, quote, it's sure odd that a year old startup like Rebellion winds up with two employees serving on a presidential transition team. Nowhere in that does the article mention that there's maybe actually a little bit of you're green with envy here, uh, Ken, you know, that, that you're essentially saying it's odd that this startup ended up on the president's transition team and not my legacy incumbent who has been working deeply with the military for decades, right? That, that's a little bit of subtext here that people who, who, uh, you have to be in the know to, 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 re to read that subtext. But, I think Rebellion Defense kind of played themselves a little bit by playing their hand too hard by, you know, scoring these spots on the transition team because I think they could have very well gone under the radar, um, you know, even till today, if not for investigations like uh, Jonathan Geyer's into asking who is Rebellion Defense, you know, surprise, surprise, one name immediately rose to the top, Eric Schmidt, right? This is clearly uh, a, a kind of, you know, a, a pawn of Eric Schmidt's, which I think I, I want to throw it over to you. Uh, run us through the, you know, Rebellion Defense, run us through the Defense, Defense Innovation Board, run us through the, uh, the Artificial Intelligence Security Commission. But before that, I do want to say that this is also really indicative of what you were just saying, that uh, in order to provide some distance between these tech companies and the military, they've built these layers and layers of subcontractors and startups who can kind of be used as middlemen to smuggle uh, these relationships, to smuggle these interactions, to smuggle these contracts, um, which provides tech companies and people like Eric Schmidt, although Eric Schmidt has leaned really heavily into it, but to provide these more, you know, august members of Silicon Valley, a bit of plausible deniability. Yeah. So the Defense Innovation Advisory Board is um, also a, it's a, it's a 2016 innovation, which um, signals sort of where the Obama team is looking for their exit strategies. How do we, um, after this term up, where do we go? What jobs do we find? And it's how do we get a lot of it is how do we end up with uh, cozy positions in tech? Um, and basically they they exist to come up with, to hear, to, they have, they have meetings and they like fact finding missions and then they hear things about tech. And they also try to be a like vector for new stuff coming through because the reason that the Pentagon has so much prime lock in, right. Is that there's pretty arcane rules 
it's hard to directly sell. And what the Pentagon keeps saying, what we get this, this these big gestures is we need different rules. We need a way to make it easy to sell because tech isn't selling to us. And that's not 100% true. Lots of tech is selling to them, but not newer, shinier stuff. Newer, shinier stuff has to go through primes and they're sending this all up. It's sort of a big, it's a big show. It's a big act of how do we get new tech to feel comfortable working with us? Like, oh, well, what if they talk to Eric Schmidt, who's uh, clearly track record at Google must be someone we can trust from the this side of the industry, from our part of the world, who is then happy to talk to the Pentagon, who is selling us the Pentagon. And it's a wild leap. It's a big ask. And it's also like you could... There are many other ways to get there and you could change your rules. You could make it less hard to sell, but also you could just do this big elaborate thing where you get to have a fancy board of people who hear things and take very serious talk conversations about, oh, well, we believe it's important to uh, make sure that we develop autonomous weapons because that way our soldiers won't be caught by surprise and have these very somber hearings, which is a wild, wild thing to hear. But that's what they do. That's sort of what they do. They're a clearinghouse. They're sort of a standing board and they're really just re-establishing that relationship that the Pentagon has with Silicon Valley and branding it in a brand in a new light, that these are choices we're making now and not legacy ones we've been locked into forever. You know, Eric Schmidt is a very interesting character here who is, you know, looming, looming large, uh, uh, wearing both hats with Silicon Valley and the military deeply embedded in them. Uh, each member, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Geyer points out that the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence, um, which, you know, was created in 2018, uh, as part of the, uh, the, the annual military funding bill established this commission, um, that would operate out of the Pentagon and advise Congress and the board's first chairperson was Eric Schmidt. He's, he essentially, uh, you know, helped create uh, this position of, or, or this commission, and therefore his position as the chairperson of it, um, as a way of deeply, uh, of even further deeply embedding himself in it. You know, he, he likes to play both sides, right? Okay. Yeah. He's, he's doing this position, which was, you know, uh, you know, Eric Schmidt sat next to Steve Bannon at that famous Congress of tech executives that Trump convened where, where you had Steve Bannon and you had, uh, Sheryl Sandberg and you had Elon Musk and you had Peter Till, right? And they were all sitting around the boardroom saying, uh, gentlemen to evil. To evil. 